everyone, I'm Katie Aldrin. And I'm Sam Charles. And this week on the most dramatic Bachelor podcast yet. It's Hometown Week on Nick Vile's season of The Bachelor. Sam, uh, what were your general thoughts of this week's episode? You know, we're, we're further into the season now and I feel like we have a pretty good sense of how he's feeling about all these women. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the rails have kind of like come off. What does that like, mean? It's really hard to buy his real romantic interest and in, I think... Raven, Rachel, and Corinne, mm-hmm. and now it also seems like maybe his relationship with Vanessa is, like, very strained. Like, it seems like like there's a lot of issues there. My kind of biggest takeaway, the thing I was kind of noticing throughout it, the dads and Nick asking them all for, like, the, their blessing. Isn't it almost, like, too artificially constructed now for them to keep, like, using that on the show? I mean, isn't it kind of, like, if you were buying it, like, on a surface level... Wouldn't these be, like, the worst dads, like, in the world if they were all so okay with, like, some guy marrying their daughter even though he's dating three other people? I mean, like, Vanessa's dad was, like, very, like, accurate at the end. I mean, it just made it seem, like, so... Yeah, but it's just, like... fake. Here's how I feel about bachelors asking the contestants' parents for their hand in marriage. I feel like at this point, it's just polite. Like, what else are you supposed to do in a hometown? Isn't it weird if you go and you don't say that you have some sort of intention of marrying the person if any dad in this show like legitimately was like sure i give you my blessing to like propose to my daughter and they still were dating like three other people that's like great that's like you'd be like the word that's like, what a terrible dad why would a dad do that it feels more like this is a ritual very specific to the bachelor i think that's like, true I know, but it's exactly, so. and it's just the same reason why it's like you'd wait to like have sex like on at the fantasy suite. Like there's like all these weird ritualized things in it, but it's like it does it robs it of any like real world like emotional connection. I guess like it, it doesn't. It was hard to like feel empathetic with Nick or like the dads or be really rooting for him like one or the other. I mean, you're really just rooting for them to say no because that would just be an interesting thing to watch. I mean, I think that it probably has something to do with the fact that you don't like Nick very much, and I think that. If it was an, a relationship that you cared about a little bit more, that it would feel more authentic. If you did actually feel like the two people were right for each other, then it would feel authentic and it would matter. But it would, it's impossible to be authentic when he's doing it to everybody. But I also, doesn't Ben call Lauren's dad right before? Like, I don't think that Ben asked for their blessing, so like their, the, the dad's I don't remember exactly what happened. called the dad. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what happened on Ben's season, but it might have been this, which is, I think, the way it should go. Is that he should ask for the hand, because this is an antiquated show and that's the ritual. And then the dad should say, I can't give it to you right now, but if you are actually proposing to my daughter, then ask me again. Like, that's like, and then then you call. Yeah. Like, I think that that just makes the most sense. Yeah. I think part of the problem with this episode was that they're, because... The relationships are still kind of service level among, I would say, like three quarters of the contestants. That the only real drama they've been really to get this season is from like structural drama, like inherent to the show and like the kind of games that the show has and like its rituals. But there really weren't like, what was the storyline with like Rachel's visit? Well, I want to go ahead and say that I liked this episode and I thought it was really good. I think that, you know, it's true that there aren't too many relationships this season that feel very authentic, but I think Nick had a lot of interesting women on the season and I think we got to see four very different personalities like in their element and I thought that was really interesting. So I don't know if we want to just dive into that. Yeah, let's dive in. 
So first we have uh, Raven, who brings Nick home to Hoxie, Arkansas. And throughout this whole date, I was wondering, does like each girl essentially see her hometown date as like an audition to be the Bachelorette? Of course they do. Because <laughs> um, it just seemed like really funny that the thing they were doing were like riding, what are they? ATVs yeah. and uh, climbing up the water tower, the grain tower, whatever it was. And it felt like very much like a bachelor date and not like a get to know my hometown date. Like it wasn't like, here's where I went to high school and you know. Yeah. It's very sexy. It was like a sexy date. Yeah. Um, and then made out like in the water, which like that (laughs) water, you know, that that water is full of snakes. There are water snakes in Arkansas, and I Googled it really? as the episode was going on, because I was like, there are definitely snakes in that. That was, like, maybe the most dangerous thing they've done all season, I think. There was definitely a snake in Nick's tight pants, too. Ew. <laughs> um, so another thing they do is climb this grain tower, and then... A grain silo. Silo, whatever. And then a cop pulls up, and I immediately thought, this cop better be Raven's dad. But he gives them a hard time. And the cop turns out to be uh, Raven's brother. Yeah, this made me really worried for like law enforcement and the art they heard, you know, Hoxie community in Arkansas, since we know that Raven did like physically assault her ex boyfriend upon finding out that he was cheating <laughs> on her. So I hope that that guy didn't try to call the cops or they would have like <laughs> shown up and just like looked away. You know, it would have been a, a real uh, corrupt apartment there. I thought that it was like interesting slash weird that they are kind of like making fun of this like hostile police officer on Raven's date when in like the next date is going to see Rachel and her sister talking about kind of like an atmosphere in America where there's more racism (laughs) and uh it just seemed like I don't know I don't know I don't know what to say about it it just was like interesting in like an uncomfortable way it's interesting obviously because like no one here is talking about that you know they're white, you know, no one's, Raven's not talking about how she has, like, a white family or that they're hillbillies, you know, yeah. it's not like, they're really talking about their, like, cultural differences from Nick as, like, a Midwesterner versus, like, a Southerner. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really liked Raven's family. I felt like they didn't look like I thought they were going to. Like, I pictured her mom as being more of, like, a real housewife type, and I thought she just looked like a nice mom, and one thing I noted was that Raven's dad, like, when she was crying, he, like, got up out of his chair to go hug her and, like, comfort her, which I just feel like seems special and rare in the South. (laughs) I can't imagine a lot of dads doing that. Um, So, nice family. (laughs) That's what I have to say. Um, They were all very nice. I have to say, I have to specify, I am from the South, so I can say that. (laughs) I feel like Raven, like, I think she's now, like, kind of, like, the most attractive of the girls left. But it is, like, I'm not really sure, like, what else are, like... Physically attractive? Yeah. Oh, I think Vanessa is. No. What is the show saying that he sees in Raven? Like, why does he like her? I mean, I don't think that she's at all different from the kinds of girls that he's liked in the past. Like, she's very vivacious and doesn't take shit, and she's brunette. Yeah, that's true. She's definitely, like, in that Caitlyn Andy slot. She just has a southern accent. Yeah. Um, anyway, Raven can't say that she loves him. She has to meet guards up. She's really worried about it. She's also really worried that the other women haven't said it yet. Um, which she really shouldn't be because half of them haven't. <laughs> Ra- uh, and then, of course, we go to the next date, which is Rachel's in Dallas. And Rachel doesn't even say that she loves him. It's not even that she hasn't told him she loves him. Rachel doesn't love him. 
she still just sees herself falling in love with someone like Nick. <laughs> I think yeah. is how she puts it. So she's pretty far off. Uh, and Nick's like in a nice quote, nice, nice clothes. So she says that, you know, we can go, uh, you want to change because their first activity today is going to church. Do you think this is the first time they've actually been inside a church on The Bachelor? Because I know that everyone talks about their faith a lot, but I can't remember actually seeing a church on the show. Other than like going to a church on a date and like Nick and Caitlin having sex in it or whatever. But like actually like, like going to a church I mean, they service. went to like a, like a voodoo service when they were in New Orleans. <laughs> That's true. And they like also, when they go to like uh, in Paradise, I feel like they do like weird like spiritualist things sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, but that's not the same thing. Paint. Well, uh, anyway, Nick, there's a lot of awkward Nick clapping in this episode. <laughs> he kind of claps along in the church mm-hmm. service. He also is awkwardly clapping when Ra- uh, Raven's dad said that he was cancer free. All he could really do these days was kind of... No. Uh, in ADR, he also says, I've never been to a church with a predominantly black congregation, and I felt very welcome. It was like a very scripted piece of ADR, though, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was really a strange hometown because I feel like they really have not really talked about uh, Rachel's blackness in the rest of the season, but that became like the headline of this whole trip was that like, they're an interracial couple. Like, how will you deal with that? Which, like, isn't... There's never really, like, an answer from Nick. But it is, like, the kind of the main takeaway from this whole hometown visit. It is interesting. I wonder where the producers are in this moment in terms of, like, finalizing the decision that Rachel's going to be the Bachelorette. Because Nick says that, like, Rachel's the easiest person to be myself around. Which, like, basically means that he doesn't like her romantically and that there's no pressure to be acting a certain way. Like, I feel like that's what that statement implies. And, like, also, as you said, she doesn't even say that she loves him. She says she could see herself falling in love with someone like him. So it is also weird to have all this pressure on them being an interracial couple when, like, there's very little chance of them being a couple. It was, like, I feel like when he did go to dinner with them, that was, there are two most comfortable moments, I think, of Nick the whole episode. One was when he was shopping with Corinne, like, goofing around, and then the other was, I think, the dinner with Rachel and her family. Um, Like, he was, like, when he was doing the, when they were, like, asking him to name the stuff on the plate, he was able to do it all, and was kind of, like, mocking her, Rachel, and Mm -hmm. he was, like, he was, like, Rachel doesn't like anything. Yeah. Kind of laughing. Yeah. That felt very, like, authentic and, like, real, and he felt very comfortable with them. Yeah. Um, he also was thankfully not the whitest person at the table since uh, <laughs> Rachel's sister Constance's husband is white. <laughs> he uh, he had like a full hipster beard and yeah, he looked like sort of he kind of looks like Adam Scott on Big Little Lies. <laughs> like, he was like, oh, like, this is a yuppie. Do you think that I thought it was interesting that Rachel's dad wasn't here for this date, especially after they talked about him on their one-on-one? Do you think he actually had a work obligation, or do you think he just didn't agree oh, to be on the show? I saw some chatter online that because he's a federal judge, he actually really can't appear on TV. Oh, it's like, dangerous to have like federal like prosecutors, federal judges, like to do certain cases to interesting be, like on tv you're not supposed to oh that so, makes more sense i think that he probably won't appear on her season bachelorette either wow but i did on uh jezebel they said that he nick did meet with um rachel's dad off screen and that he was there oh. he just couldn't be shown wow yeah. that's nice mm-hmm. i'm glad that it wasn't just he didn't agree to be on the show yeah yeah i mean overall i felt like this made me 
excited to see Rachel's season. Yeah. Like, I really like her family, and I hope that they're yeah. in the season. Her family is all very, like, lawyerly. I thought it was, makes sense. I wonder if her, yeah. her mom does, because obviously her dad's a judge and Rachel's yeah. a lawyer, but I wouldn't be surprised if her mom was a lawyer also. All, you know, <laughs> it it all is really smart. It is interesting to think, like, when Rachel on her season brings her guys home, if one of them happens to not be black, are they going to get the same skewering that Nick got? (laughs) (laughs) Or will it be, like, a totally different, you know, the dynamic will shift a little bit? I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. There were, like, two kind of strains of, like, there was, like, the weird, like, we're not that different. Like, when Nick's like, amen is amen. Like, there was a weird, like, that side of, like, the race talk. But then the other side was, like, from Rachel's sister, which I thought was, like, an interesting kind of thread of, like, that I think Rachel's sister's like, in the climate right now. Yeah. How, like, this would be, you know, it there's, like, so much more, like, kind of, like, acceptable, like, racism. That's, like, an interesting thread of, like, because that's, like, a larger thing beyond, like, just, like, their family is, like, you know, what will it mean to have Rachel as, like, a bachelorette, you know? And to be, like, a public figure in that way. Yeah, exactly. I think that's very fair for them to be... Yeah, and there'll be a lot of pressure, I think, on, you know, the different kinds of guys that she's, like, with and stuff. Yeah. Um, The funniest thing, though, was when uh, Rachel's mom... Rachel's mom was, like, having, like, a pretty, like, serious conversation with Nick, but Mm -hmm. then she told Rachel that she... That uh, when she was meeting Rachel's dad, that you know her Rachel's dad was so self assured and confident, he really knew where he was, do what he was doing, and where he was going. <laughs> and I thought she was setting up to say like, and Nick doesn't seem that way. <laughs> but then she said that Nick did seem that way, and then she like reminded him of her dad, which Rachel seemed very surprised by. Like in the ICM, <laughs> she was like, her eyes were big. And she was like, my mom like thought that Nick was like my dad, <laughs> which like I can't like uh, what is what, what possibly direction does Nick think he's going in? After, like, that's, uh, He's gonna be a model. Really hard to imagine, right? Um, personality. Which maybe then brings us to uh, the third hometown, which is Corinne in, in Miami, Miami, Florida, um, where they go shopping. And this is probably the more most endearing Nick Nick sequence. I think was Corinne like. Corinne, like, knows all the people at all the stores. Yeah. And they're bringing her I thought this was great. This is my favorite part of the whole episode. <laughs> it was, like, really funny. But then, like, Nick really, like, embraced it and, like, was dressing up in all these, like, different outfits. That looks horrible. <laughs> it looks so bad. And then like, Corinne <laughs> bought all of them. <laughs> and Nick was, like, really uh, taken aback by the whole thing. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Nick seemed very uh, nervous when Corinne was, like, swiping her credit card <laughs> And said that, like, all the shop owners, like, looked, it looked like it was Christmas morning when Corinne walked in. And I think that that was funny. I feel like Corinne is very authentic. I mean, realistically, I think the other three women, their families might not be as rich as Corinne's, but I think they're all definitely very wealthy. And at least Corinne is just, they're not trying to hide behind anything, you know? I don't think that any of them are as wealthy as Corinne's family is, though. But I think that they're all pretty wealthy. Yeah, I'm sure they're all, like, of means, you know? But yeah. it's not... Nick's family seems, like, pretty fine, too, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean they... they have, like, they, 12 siblings. Yeah, if he, they have that many kids and they're, like, not getting, like, assistance from the government, I feel like his dad must have a very nice job. That's just so many kids. Yeah. Um, and then Corinne tells Nick that she loves, she's in love with him. And then he finally gives the only decent response you can give on The Bachelor, which is he just kisses her, which is like, everyone's just supposed to do that, I think. Um, so at least he's learned. I Maybe it signifies that he doesn't really care as much about Corinne as he does about Vanessa, or who was the other person he, like, freaked out on? 
Oh, Christina. Christ- yeah, I mean, whenever people t- say say that he they mm-hmm. are interested in him, he like gives these crazy responses. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, for, like, like he's trying to get out. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, the most you know, the fairest response that like, you can get someone bachelor. I think that this is probably the first time Corinne has brought a, a guy home to her family. She said that she's so excited to take her boyfriend to meet her family. Yeah. And it just seems like more than like see, having Nick see what her life is like, the idea of taking her boyfriend home to, to have her family meet a boyfriend yes. is much more yeah. important. Uh, I would say that, like, I feel like a good next season of uh, Happily Ever After, after the twin season, would be, like, Corinne and her, like, big fat Greek family, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, here's my, like, here's what I would love to see, although maybe it's just too much Nick on TV, is for Nick to pick Vanessa, them to break up, Corinne to go on Paradise, and then Nick to show up on Paradise, (laughs) and then for Corinne to dump him and date someone else. (laughs) Oh my gosh! They they can't let Nick go back on Paradise after he and Vanessa break up. That'd yeah, be, uh, they can just put his face in the sun like they did for or in the moon like they did for Carly or Claire, whoever. <laughs> yeah, and Carly was in the moon. What if they apparently Jorge the bartender is not coming back? What if Nick was just the bartender? How do you know Jorge is not coming back? It's like all online. Why do they even know that? I don't know, but it's online. Weird. I didn't read the actual article. It's terrible. Anyway. Yeah, so we meet Raquel, <laughs> the nanny, who's very normal. Um, although it is funny, so... <laughs> it was hilarious. Corinne basically was like, yeah, all the girls made fun of me for, like, The girls Raquel. held it against me. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, how'd they even know about Raquel? <laughs> <laughs> Corinne's like, I told them. <laughs> Corinne's like, how do you think I got here? <laughs> yeah. To hometown. And then Corinne's mom is like, uh... <laughs> She's, like, part of our family. Like, I couldn't do anything without her. As, like, Raquel literally is pouring Corinne's mom wine. And it's, like, a glass that she's dangling by her head. Um, but, you know, they seem fun. They eat some olives at dinner. There's a lot of suspense as Nick chooses olive. And everyone watches him to see if he's going to like this olive or not. Which, like, I think olives are gross. I'm sure he does, too. He would have probably ate in it quicker because he eats it for like five minutes uh, that's he, the best olive he, i've ever had right which is probably true because he probably has never eaten olives before like oh my gosh. that makes he wasn't lying and then everyone goes opa and like congratulates him and uh then they like all split off and uh corinne's dad um goes to talk to corinne yeah here's what i thought was weird corinne and her dad have like their conversation on a bed <laughs> they're lying there's several conversations between parents that happen in beds like i think vanessa and her mom also like oh, lying really? in bed. uh which is like i it's so weird could you imagine talk there no corinne and her dad are drinking wine lying they're... in bed talking about nick <laughs> never absolutely not very strange very strange um and she <laughs> corinne's dad asks if Corinne will be okay with Nick being the at-home mom, which is, <laughs> uh, which I think would be a good profession title for a, a bachelor <laughs> contestant. Nick says that he hopes to be the breadwinner, but I feel like he should have just been like, oh, great, cool. Yeah, I'm sure that, like, he could, like, there's very few jobs that Nick could get where I think that it would make sense for him to work and not Corinne to work. Yeah. Based on what she's doing. Anyway, uh... Jim, Corinne's dad, also says, Corinne is my little girl, my firstborn. (laughs) He's about to, like, uh, sacrifice her to Rumpelstiltskin. (laughs) I mean, like, in Greek mythology, firstborns are very important, you know? They they usually slaughter you later in your life, but... Oh, my gosh. It was very funny. 
Um, and then they, he talks to Nick, and Nick, you know, doesn't really outline his plans for, like, a career, but their dad is like, look, if Corinne's happy, I'm happy, which I guess is, like, someone must be coaching them to say that, right? <laughs> like, I guess. I believe that Corinne's dad says that all the time. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's true. Anyway, we go to the fourth date, which is Vanessa in Montreal. And Vanessa is a special needs teacher in the adult sector, and um, she takes Nick to meet her students, and they make a scrapbook together. Um, it's very heartwarming. It was very heartwarming. Vanessa clearly, like, is a very good person. Like, whether, like, obviously, like, you know, there's all this talk that she didn't really get along with the other girls in the house, and, you know, she is, like, kind of like a tough person sometimes, I mm-hmm. think. But she clearly, like, has, like, devoted her life's work to doing something, like, very good. And, like, she seems really good at her job. Yeah. And, like, she just seems like a good, like, if she's, like, on the good place, like, she had, like, a lot of points. Like, ethically, <laughs> she's, like, a good person. I wonder... Which, this is so funny in comparison to Nick, who, like, is, like, the worst person. <laughs> like, he's, like, not a good guy. Like, he's been, he's just, like, not, you know, he's just, like, a bad person. Like, he probably, like, doesn't, you wouldn't, like, think in, like, an ethical sense that these people should, like, be together. Like, what has Nick done positively to, like, help anyone? I wonder how long um, Vanessa has been teaching at that place because I feel like this is, I mean, this is nothing against her, but I feel like probably to teach adults, you need less like of a certificate. It might be more of like a certificate that you get. Whereas Mm -hmm. like if you're teaching special needs, younger children, you'd need like a a education degree and then like probably like a master's or like a specialization. You know that she spent at least a couple years trying to act. Right. I mean, it's certainly now her job. You know, yes. So. And they really like her. They do really seem to love her. And she I mean, she does meets do with the job. students. I mean, she's so like, beautiful. They're all weeping that she's yeah. back, and you know. Yeah, that, that was, was really sad. sweet. I'm sure no one's weeping when Nick comes back to his job, <laughs> the software company. But they did seem to like Nick. Maybe this yeah. could bring out a good side in him. Yeah. So they do. After they go to school, they go to Vanessa's parents' respective homes because her parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. And so they go to the mom's side, and this is there's like. 50 Italian people there um, when they get there. We just specify like, also, Sam Sam is Italian. <laughs> like, <laughs> my sister, my, my, Amelia. It's like they just go through like all these names. I and... have to say that I really sympathized with Nick in this moment <laughs> because I met all Sam's Italian family and it was also very overwhelming. Yeah. Nick like, definitely doesn't seem like very happy there, I will say. Uh, and like they start to lay into him like pretty quickly. Like, even at dinner, when they're just, like, supposed to be, like, having, like, you know, small talk or whatever, uh, Vanessa's aunt is like, where are you going to live? Like, <laughs> you live in America. Like, she lives in Montreal. Like, where are you going to go? And, like, they don't have an answer. Which and is Vanessa's a, like, a yeah, question. that's definitely a conversation we need to have. But, like, won't Vanessa obviously move to L.A.? Isn't, like, part of being on this show, <laughs> like, a conduit for people to move to L.A.? Yeah. Like, it just, that Although seems, that seems really. Although, in Colorado. That's true. But maybe not anymore. I mean, they're like, I guess they're not bi-coastal. They're just bi-something. Bi-curious. But yeah, I felt like that seemed a little fake to me. I wish that your sisters were still here because they're very... So we watched um, the episode last night with three of Sam's four quadruplet sisters. And they were very out on Vanessa. Yeah, they don't like her. Do you know anything about why? Just from kind of the things we've talked about, basically? No. You know, look, I think that Vanessa seems like a little fake and a little stuck up. Like, mm-hmm. she... And I think that's part of it is just like they you know, are kind of... I don't think they've really let her full 
personality be shown. Yeah. I mean, we can tell that, you know, from yeah. obviously, like, her disappearing in that episode when they had, like, this, like, alleged fight with Raven. With Rachel, sorry. And you can kind of feel at the end of this one where she is, like, finally kind of breaking down, saying that she didn't really think until now that Nick was interested in these other women. Mm-hmm. Which, if you watch it, I think that that's a kind of, like, it doesn't really seem like he's interested in any of them, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, like, it is, like, kind of crazy that you could get so far and all the way here and, like, just not think that he likes anyone else. Like, when they, it's not like there was, like, a big plot point where Nick was, like, told Vanessa early. It's not like Sean or even, like, But that could Gordon. have happened behind, that could have happened behind the scenes, one. And two, Nick did have that moment where he was, like, crying to all the women about how he was worried that, like, he wasn't going to end up with someone at the end. And if you're someone like Vanessa, who is sure about their connection, then maybe you take that to mean that he is not interested in the other woman. Yeah. It is just, like, a... I mean, considering how Nick responded when she, like, told him that she was falling in love with him and everything that's, like, we've seen between them, like, it doesn't necessarily seem like, oh, like, this is... This is such a clear cut, like, oh, he likes her the most. Mm-hmm. Like, we had, I don't think we've seen that at all. In any of, like, it wasn't like we've had a date where, like, Nick's just paying attention to Vanessa. Like, usually it's like, no, like, Nick's, like, with Corinne or something. It's just interesting that usually on, like, when with Ben and Lauren and the pigs, or, like, Jordan and JoJo for, like, so much of that season, or, like, Sean and Caitlin with Sean's, like, breakdown, like, it's usually, like, a little clearer, I think, what the, mm-hmm. the Bachelor Bachelorette wants, um, which just makes it seem even kind of more... <sighs> crazy that Vanessa likes is like so set in thinking that Nick has chosen her which I think maybe speaks more to just Vanessa's personality I mean she's also like an alpha you know yeah I think she seemed kind of like in her own head at that moment because just like if you've seen the show at all the fact that you know that Ben went on another hometown date and asked another dad for a girl's hand doesn't mean anything they do it on every single date it's not a big deal I don't know. That's like I don't. I'm not sure that happened on Ben's season, though. Like I think it happens sometimes, but it's like I don't necessarily think that that's like a given. But, but if you Nick look definitely at... chose it to be a given. But like that. But was he even really asking? I mean, it's all, it's all conditional. Cause it's. I feel like what he was saying was, if it is me and your daughter in the end, then can I have your blessing? It's sure. not like he's asking for it right this second and is promising that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just felt like, you know, know the rules of what you got into. Yeah. Uh, it's just, like, a very intense hometown. Like, Vanessa's sister and her brother both, like, cry talking about how hurt Vanessa was after That was weird. Do we know about what her last relationship was? Because it seems like I don't it was a big deal. And maybe she talked about it with Nick earlier, like, on yeah. the uh, space date. But, like, it seems like maybe they got... I mean, it seems like it was really serious enough that, like, everyone's yeah. crying. Nick starts crying. Like, it's really crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone cries. Vanessa gets into bed with her mom. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> and then we go to Vanessa's dad's uh, side, which, thankfully, is just Vanessa's dad and uh, her, her stepmom. Step we already talked about this a little bit, where yeah. her dad uh, doesn't just automatically say yes to Nick and asks if Nick has you know, pose the same question to the other dads. And I at least want to give Nick credit for telling the truth and, like, not trying to give, like, an alternative facts type answer, you know? Yeah. He just, he does, he is honest Although about he it. he does get called out first because, like, the dad is like, uh, do you ask the other dads for their blessing? And Nick's like, well, I ran it by them. 
And the dad's like, what do you mean you ran up by them? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so everyone begs Nick not to hurt Vanessa. And then Vanessa's first very happy that Nick asked her dad for his blessing. But then dad tells her that Nick asked all the dads. <laughs> and then Vanessa's sad, so... Yep, and that takes us to the rose ceremony in Brooklyn, New York, which obviously we do not get to see yet. But uh, some of the women, Rachel and Raven, are worried that they haven't gotten a chance to tell Nick exactly how they feel and that that might uh, send them home this week. And Corinne's not worried at all. Corinne's not worried at all, which makes me so nervous. But she's in a good spot. Like, I feel like normally the first hometown date is usually, like, the one that goes home. Like, that's what, like, Amanda Stanton was on Ben's season. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just read online that that's usually the date that goes home. But I'm not sure. I don't know that And Raven's they did switch home. the filming order. Did they? Yeah. They filmed uh, Corinne's first, but they showed Rachel's. How'd Raven's you know that? First. I read it online. Okay. So, hopefully Raven goes home and not Corinne. <laughs> So she's, she's on my fantasy team, and I also just want to keep seeing her go because I think that her and Nick, like, do have a big, a better connection. Yeah, I think that they do. They're, like, more similar. Nick is just very comfortable around women, I think, like, on a friend level mm-hmm. in a way that sometimes bachelors, like, aren't. Like, I would say, like, Chris Souls is probably not someone who, like, hangs out with, like, a lot of, like, female friends. No, he's on his farm. Yeah. And, like, Ben is, like, very diplomatic with women, but it's like we didn't. Really, you don't really. We met all his friends, and there's mm-hmm. like a bunch of like dweebs from like Indiana. Well, like you know, Nick has so many siblings. You'd imagine some of them are women. Yeah, yeah. I think so. That he's, he's like grown up with sisters. Yeah. theoretically, I think he's really good at relating to women, and I think that's why he's able to like do well. So I think that's why it seems like he's like, you know, it's like he gets along with Corinne, he gets along with Rachel, but that doesn't mean he like likes them. You know, mm-hmm. like just because he can like have a fun day with Corinne. Or, like, you know, make out with her in, like, a bouncy castle. Like, doesn't mean that he really is romantically interested in her. I don't know. I, I agree to disagree. Like, I think they're a better match than him and Raven. Anyway, so the episode ends on the dumbest cliffhanger because we also saw a preview for it in last week's episode where Andy Dorfman, um, who was the bachelorette on Nick's first season of the show, shows up at his hotel room and we don't know what she's there for, but I can guarantee you she's not there to try to win Nick back at all in any circumstances. She's probably just there to be like, you know, part of the controversy between him and Andy was that they had sex in the fantasy suite and then Nick basically told everyone on their uh, men tell all or after the final rose or whatever. Why did you make love to me? Yeah, so I'm sure she's just there to say, like, choose wisely and to, like, you know, have somewhat of a promo for her sequel to It's Not Okay. She's writing another book that's supposed to be more of a Bachelor expose. Um, It might have a title. I'm not sure. But I'm just, like, I guarantee you that that conversation is going to last two minutes. There's going to be, like, very little conflict in it. And then we're going to go straight to the rose ceremony, which we could have just had last night. (laughs) It would have been way more interesting. Yeah. It is like, I mean, Andy is just like a better, I don't know. He must, he probably will come out of that feeling kind of stupid that he has to like end up with Vanessa. I don't know. I think Andy's pretty crazy, but I guess he's probably pretty crazy too. They're both Slytherins, I think. (laughs) Vanessa seems like not a Slytherin anymore. Uh, I think she's probably a Gryffindor. That's what I'd say. Corinne's a Slytherin. Raven could be a Ravenclaw. Rachel's a Ravenclaw. How would you characterize everyone, the Sam? Ones that are left? Yeah. Corinne's a Slytherin for sure. Yeah. Nick's a Slytherin for sure. Yeah. Vanessa, um She could either be Hufflepuff or Gryffindor. 
I would say Rachel's probably Ravenclaw. Yeah. And I would put Vanessa into Gryffindor. Yeah. Um, and Rachel Raven. Raven. I would probably into Gryffindor also. Really? Yeah. yeah. Hufflepuff is for like Alexis. You know what I mean? What do you think Chris Harrison is? <laughs> He's Slytherin. Really? Yeah. <laughs> He's like Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> He's like Gilderoy Lockhart. This has been another episode of the most dramatic Bachelor podcast yet. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Most Dramatic Pod, or send us an email, mostdramaticpod at gmail.com. And if you really like our podcast, please share it um, and get your bachelor loving friends to listen too. Uh, we would always love more listeners. Our music is by Josh Garcia, and our logo is by Lindsay Charleston. Until next time, keep on keeping on.